Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! All right, episode 13 of Shirt Show. We're talking with Grant from Graphic Disorder in Tennessee. Let's go! So what's happening? How are you? I'm good. How about you guys? I'm a little sleepy. It's Sunday. I was going to say, yeah, right before we came on, (laughs) the reason why we're late is because Dylan was, I was trying to wake him up and get him going, you know, like, oh, he was, I was here. I was here at three o'clock, fully prepared, ready to have a half hour chat with Andy beforehand. And I texted him. He didn't hop on until like three after four o'clock. Ooh. So don't preparation. Don't put your shit on me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, a minute ago i was poolside uh it was a beautiful Ooh. day and i had a i had never had it before in my life it's crown apple i don't Ooh. know it's apple flavored is it good uh, i was pretty good just on ice it was okay nice. it's kind of like drinking uh it's kind of like drinking a jolly uh, like a, one of those um what are those apple uh sour apple johnny ranger johnny yep. can't come on Jolly Rancher. There it is. <laughs> I like Johnny Rangers better. Johnny Ranger. Rangers. <laughs> yeah, they're so good. They're, they're really popular. I, that used to be my drink of choice when I was younger. I used to drink sour apple pucker, which was like a schnapps. Mm. And it was it was pretty good. My first drink probably was the most horrible drink ever when I was – it was peach schnapps. Mm. It was awful, but that's all we got our well. hands on. It was It was available. Yeah, when you're young, you take whatever you can get, right? <laughs> That's right. So what's going on, man? Have you uh, you guys been busy? Yeah, we're actually really busy, um, which, you know, is a little bit shocking with COVID. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know how uh, – I've, I've heard other shops doing well, and then I've heard some are just completely dead. Um, yeah. it's, it's definitely not as stable as it used to be. We have, you know, a huge day, and then we have a slow day, and we have a huge day, and we have a slow – you know, so it's like, you know, you get on these real highs and you get on these real lows where you're like, oh, we did a hundred dollars today. And the next day you're like, oh, I did 25,000, you know, like, okay, you know, yeah. we can, we can make that work. But you know, it's like, so some days it's just like, you just don't, you don't know how to plan for the future exactly because it's just so hit and miss, you know? Yeah. Did you guys slow down like right in the beginning when everybody was kind of like freaking out? We, um, so like the end of March, I guess it was like second or third, probably third week in March. We basically screeched to the halt. It was like somebody, you know, cut off the water. And uh, basically we just said, well, we're going to, we're going to furlough everybody. And we did that for a month. So we furloughed everybody for a month. Uh, And then about a week before we came back, um, I started taking orders again to try and get enough in the queue, you know, to make sense to bring or, or more or less to feel like whether, whether I should bring everybody back or maybe partial staff or, but we, we had enough work right away to bring back everybody. Uh, and we've had enough work ever since. So in fact, we are three weeks out on production right now. So, yeah, uh, you know, I don't like to be that far out, but it, it, I'll take it over the option. Yeah, it's better than nothing and having yeah. to get rid of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, we got, we got employees with families and kids and everything else, you know, so it's, yeah. you know, it, I, it, it weighs on me heavily on, you know, how we treat that, you know, whether we, you know, whether we furlough them in the right time or whether we, you know, reduce hours or whatever we have to do. But so far we haven't had to do any reduced hours or in, in fact, I've given raises um, in this time. So I'm, I'm very happy with it right now. I, I have a feeling we haven't seen the worst of it. Um, 
I, I hope that's not the case. <laughs> I know. You mentioned you were, you're three weeks out and I was just having a conversation earlier today, actually with somebody about tattoos and like, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So if you go and you're like, Hey, I want to get a tattoo and they're, and they're booking, let's say a month out from now, that's yeah. a good sign, right? They're popular and they're hard so. to get into, you know? <laughs> so why can't that be that way with t-shirts or is that a good sign for, for screen printers too? Like if they, well, come I think in, in yeah, I think in certain scenarios, it, it probably is. I think some customers probably look at that like, wow, they know what they're doing or they're in high demand or whatever it might be. And then others think that every screen printer is the same. <clears throat> and we both know that's not true. So um, not, I'm not, and I don't pretend to be the best, we're not the best screen printer or whatever in the world or nothing like that. But uh, I, I think we're well above average. So You're pretty dang good. Uh, I don't know. I, from your Instagram. I, I appreciate uh, that. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. You know, for every again, one good one he posts, there's ten <laughs> horrible ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we only do a heater every once in a while. Okay, <laughs> right. Yeah, lay off. No, no, it's it's you know it's it's. I think it's just a, a deal like that where some customers can't wait, so they'll they'll go wherever and and they'll accept whatever you know, and that's fine because you know if you forgot to order shirts for your family reunion and we can't can't get you in, you shouldn't wait. You should go get shirts for your family reunion. You know, uh, so I don't blame anybody uh, in those scenarios. I feel I like, just feel like mo- most people just like get an idea in their head of like what they want to buy and what they want to sell, and then they just can't wait. You know what yeah. I mean? They, they they're like, I gotta get these now, or they wait till the last minute. And yeah. they're like, shit, I was supposed to start selling these next Friday. Yeah, yeah. And then exactly. you're like, yeah, well, actually, we're booked up three weeks. Like, you're, I know you're in a rush, but we're not. So the big one for us is not even the print production. Like, we, you know, we have uh, three artists full time here, um, plus two of us can also do art. So we have five of us that do art. Um, but our, our big artist is booked until November. Wow. <laughs> so when somebody comes for like a illustrated vehicle, you know, car show artwork, or, you know, you want, you want your garbage truck drawn for your garbage business or something like that. We're November and they pay it, they, they pay the fee and they wait, you know? Yeah. Uh, no, that's like where, where I'm at here. We get people all the time. Cause there's a lot of like racers and stuff that always come here and they're like, Hey, like, um, you know, we have like a race team and we want to get some shirts made. And like, I immediately like go like, Oh, like if they don't have artwork, I'm like, Oh, cause I don't yeah. have a guy. Like, I feel like it's super rare to find somebody who does that kind of artwork. Well, it's, you know, it's, there, there's, they're out there, but most of them are busy. You know, the girls right. are really busy, you know, and, and, you know, we, we, we charge what I think is, you know, probably on the low end of it. Uh, cause I, I know guys that are getting $1,500 for a piece of artwork, you know, right. Yeah. Um, uh, but I don't know how many pieces of artwork they're doing. So, you know, are they right. doing, you know, one a month, you know, we, you know, we do one a day, you know, so, right. um, or more than one a day sometimes with just that one artist. So, um, you know, uh, I think, uh, and those guys, you know, maybe they can get to it quicker because like they, they don't have as big of a long line. You know what I'm saying? Right. Those so are the, again, that's what's tough. Week, they can do it. Yeah. I think that's, what's tough about those car or those race shirts is that mm-hmm. you just, like you just said, $1,500 to do this shirt. And so if, and a lot of the people will come and they'll say, I want a hundred shirts. Well, yeah, already at $1,500, you know, yeah. it's $15 a shirt just in you art. You printed them. <laughs> yeah. You printed them, you yeah. know, so, uh, you can, your, your minimum anyway, it seems like needs to be up there, you know? Uh, well, you know, we, we kind of disassociate the two things because uh, the one thing I don't like about some shops is when they hold art hostage. Um, my personal opinion is if somebody pays me for a piece of artwork, they own it. So if, even if I'm their printer and I print, you know, the job five times or something and they say, man, I'm going to go have, you know, shirt Kong print it. Can I have my artwork? Yep. You paid for it. You own it. 
yeah. here's the artwork and, and I wouldn't hold them hostage. You know, I see a lot of shops that do that stuff and I, I'm not a big fan of that stuff. Um, so we separate the two. So uh, we don't really talk about print until you have art, you know, now if yeah. you have art already done, whether it's through us or with, through somebody else, you know, we take a look at your art, we quote the printing job, no problem, you know, but I'm not going to quote you printing on uh, fictitious art that doesn't even exist. Uh, you know, so, and then some people get turned off by that too. You know, they want, they want an all in price. They want to say, well, how much is my art going to cost? How much is my t-shirt mm-hmm. going to cost? I'm going to order 500 t-shirts. You know, I say, well, I don't know. You know, artwork doesn't exist. It could be $5. It could be $12. You know, I'd, I don't know. <laughs> well, can't you tell your artist to do it a certain amount of colors? I was like, well, I can, but then when you come in for a change and you add four more colors, like now our quotes blown up, you know what I mean? So, and you're going to get mad at me for that too. So, right. <laughs> you know, I feel like the hard part with the car stuff is just kind of like, people are very specific. You know what I mean? We'll have a race, yeah. like I said, a race guy come in and be like, I want my car on a shirt. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, he wants it to look exactly like his car. Like, yep all the decals, everything. And I'm like, dude, I don't even know where to and start. He gives you, and he gives you a blurry picture. Yeah, yeah like I, this is a picture I got off of my, you know, granddaughter's cell phone. <laughs> that's a fucking old ass Nokia yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's tough too, because, you know, especially the race stuff, like you said, where they've got 20 decals on the front fender, you know, like, and you've right. got to recreate those at least. I mean, you know, they're pretty small, on the print, but, but they got to be, you know, in the neighborhood, you know, they can't, right. you know, uh, so that gets tough and, uh, you know, we don't do a ton of race stuff yet. Uh, we do it now and then. Um, but so but even with like a hot rod, like some dude customized that like mm-hmm. nobody else's, you know yep. what I mean? It's not like you can go just find vector art of that truck. No, no. And we, we draw from scratch here. So right, and, but that's what I the mean. way we, the way we do it is we have them send us their favorite picture. Like show me your favorite picture of your car. We're going to, we're going to draw it right off that. So you're going to have your favorite picture of your car right on the back of your t-shirt. Now we're going to put a different background behind it or whatever you might want. Some people want a racetrack or some people want their shop or, or whatever it might be. Um, you know, or their dog. I mean, gosh, we put all kinds of crap in, you know, you wouldn't believe it, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, so it's, but they're very specific, like your point, you know? So, you know, if they've got a certain color that was on that hot rod that they, you know, they dreamed about this color for 10 years and then now I've got to print it you know, and they've showed me 10 different pictures of this hot rod and they all look different. <laughs> and I'm right. like, well, which one is the most accurate, you know, representation? Cause you know, it's a dark picture over here. It's a light picture over here. You know, it's raining in this picture, you know, like, <laughs> you know, which, which one's the one you think is the closest to your color. So we'll have to try and nail, you know, that color. And we fight that because, you know, you know, a lot of these jobs are 10 color prints, you know, and, you know, we'll get this press set up and we'll print the first print. We're like, no, that color is a miss. Like it's a total miss. Like, you know, it's darker, it's lighter, it's the wrong shade. You know, it's, it, it's a battle sometimes. That's a, that's a super tough part. I think trying to get for, for me, for us anyway, getting the right, um, we can pick the color in the bucket or off of Mm -hmm. a swatch but then it's underbased, and so that yeah. can change it, you know? And so what yeah. does it look like on an underbase, and what color shirt is it? Is, is it? And so you, you don't know until you're on press. Yeah, and, and you know, I don't think you could ever, you know, people can pretend, oh, I called out a Pantone, that's the color of my car. Nah, you know, once you get it on the shirt, uh, it, it's, it may not be right. It just, and we've, sometimes, we've had sometimes that a ton it of times. is. Yeah, we've had that a ton of times too, where like we, we get a company that comes to us and says, you know, I have, a, you know, I paid a really good artist really well. Here's the design. He picked all the Pantones, whatever. We print exactly what they asked for. We went off the mock-up. We printed all the Pantones, mm-hmm. everything. And like Andy said, like that purple might look different with an underbase that they yep. didn't predict. And then we print it, give it to them. And they're like, this isn't right. This isn't correct. And we're like, no, that's exactly that Pantone on that underbase. And 
It's just tough, what it looks tough like. to make them believe that though. You know? Right. And they're like, no, you did it wrong. Like you caught a corner somewhere or something. And it's like, no, sorry. It's yeah. The just... mixing software doesn't lie. It's, you know, right. you, you got it right in front of you. It looks great in the bucket. But you get it on that t-shirt it may not be right. I think, uh, <laughs> I think half the people, maybe more than half, maybe 99% of the people that tell us that they want a, you know, a certain Pantone are, are choosing that Pantone on their from computer. Photoshop. Yeah. yeah. Not from their pan, the Pantone book or the guide, you know, they're, they they're looking for on, it. <laughs> exactly. So they don't, and which is obviously way different. And so they're right. choosing something that's not the same, you know, we yeah. straight up like tell them, we tell them that like in the notes, when we talk to them, like do not, it's in bold, like do not pick from Photoshop. Yeah. Like if you're giving me a Pantone and you want that Pantone, it better be from a book. Like yep, from a book, you better have a book or your artist better have a book. Don't pick it from the internet. You'll pick it from everything. That's what you're going to use. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause you, their book looks just like our book. Mm-hmm. So we're going to match that. Um, that's all you can do really. But you right. know, uh, it does get tough when you got a vehicle that's, you know, not a Pantone color. It's just, it's lime green, but you know, right. there's a zillion shades of lime green, you know, you know, it's exactly. like, is it, a, it does got a pearl. Is it, you know, what, what, you know, is it a darker shade of lime green, lighter shade, you know, so you start fighting this stuff and it's, uh, we've, we've missed before, man. Like, especially, you know, some of these particular customers like, Hey, you know, I told you this orange and you know, it's not that, you, you know, know, my favorite thing to do is to match a Heather shirt. <laughs> I don't know if you ever color uh, like eyeball mix match uh yeah you know for a heather shirt because there's yeah. all those different colors in there yeah you ever yeah. see and those so, you ever see those videos that printed threads does with seth where he takes like a pantone book and goes out and like actually pant on something that no. customers no. requesting no. they'll like run out and i think there was one where he did like a cow he like <laughs> went out in a field and like held it up <laughs> or like you know went up to something it just it's always ridiculous it's not like something easy where it's like he has something right. in front of him it's always like oh i gotta go out and find this thing and like pantones it and then comes he's back. an ikea he found yeah. a dresser <laughs> <that was laughs> right right <laughs> oh man no, i've seen that that's great <laughs> so which came first for you cars graphic design Ooh. or or printing Cars. Uh, I've always been to car. Well, trucks was where I started. I was into custom trucks and I still have a custom truck. Um, and my fiance has a custom truck also. Um, but I've always wanted, you know, fast cars and whatnot. And, uh, so, you know, as I got a little further down the road, I've, I've, I've had a couple Ferraris. Uh, I've got a Porsche now. Um, I had a McLaren once, um, a couple Corvettes, you know, so wait a second, how, how many, how big's your garage? (laughs) <laughs> it's not big. It's not big enough. <laughs> well, right now we only have five, we have five cars and I have a two car garage. <laughs> so do the math. Um, but she's got a lifted truck, so it has to set outside anyway. Um, and I drive a, a Raptor every day, so it sets outside. Um, but she's got a M3 BMW and I have a GT3 RS Porsche right now. Um, so, you know, those are, those are toys, you know, we like cars. Um, and you have a really good insurance payment. Yes. Yes, I do. Um, it's not as bad as you think, uh, honestly. Um, <laughs> I, t- I always thought it would be a lot worse, but it's, it's not really that bad. We don't have a bad driving record. There, no, you're not no, getting it. No. Yeah. That's the problem is you're not yeah. getting good enough tickets. Yeah. I need to get a better ticket, you know, right. Yeah. right. Then it's going to go way up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I got into custom trucks when I was, I don't know, 14 probably uh and that's kind of how we got our start into doing all this it just took you know it took a while um i started doing vehicle renderings in photoshop um so that was probably like 2001 roughly um and we weren't printing or doing decals or anything we were just i was just doing photoshop renderings for you know 100 bucks or something uh well that got to the point where i was doing about 500 of those a year 
And then it turned into, you know, Hey, can you do business cards and Hey, can you do flyers and posters? And, you know, and so as that all was happening, we started, uh, I think we bought our embroidery machine before we bought our first screen print press. We bought a single head embroidery machine, um, which was a, turd but we you know you gotta start somewhere to do hats or something or was yeah, that hats and stuff and uh so we started doing that and then it turned into hey can you make some shirts so we bought like a, a one collar ebay piece of junk like it was i think it was like a 1500 dollars kit and it had everything you know it had mm. you know a, a flash dryer to cure <laughs> cure <Yep. laughs> you know and uh it was like a welded together piece of junk. I mean, it was, you know, a four color, one station press. Um, and you know, we did okay with it or whatever we, and we only did some printing for like a few customers that like kind of knew we could, you know, uh, but then we went to a vast express, which was a pretty nice manual. Um, you know, they were somewhat local to us and we lived in Pennsylvania. Uh, so we just drove up and picked up one and we bought a six, six from them and, uh, it was great. Uh, their, their press was pretty good. And then it just blew up, man. It just exploded. Uh, we were in my parents' basement. Uh, it was about 2,400 square foot, if I remember right. And uh, we just had shit everywhere, man. It was, you know, you. It, it was downstairs, so you had to bring in, you know, it's like, I remember one time we did a 1,500-piece order, and we're, like, yanking, like, 10 boxes down at a time and 10 boxes back up and you know all this there was not enough room downstairs to keep them and that's one of the things like a lot of people don't realize when you get decent size orders it's just mm -hmm. the logistics of moving boxes yeah like where do you where do you keep that right it's like these people who get like 10,000 piece orders all the time you're like yeah it'd be cool to print a 10,000 piece order it's like dude you don't realize that's like fucking like pallets. 13 pallets yeah it's pallets man it's pallets right? right and like what do you do do you print the front of all 13 pallets and then box them all back up and move them and then bring them back over point. and do the other thing. That's yeah. what I'm saying. People don't think about that stuff. And it's like, yeah. dude, you need to, you need to think about that stuff before the hoodies is the worst for us. Because oh God, yeah. Like in the winter we get those companies, you know, those big lumber yards or whatever. They're like, yeah, I need, you know, 5,000 hoodies. And it's like, mm. dude, 25 hoodies fits in a box. <laughs> massive. massive <place>. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It takes up so much room and it's yeah. like, you need yeah. the extra room just for moving shit around. And you're right. You sometimes would probably have to print the front for some of the order and then print the back for that part and then get those boxes out of here. That's like exactly what we do. Or, or put them in yeah. a container or something, get them out of the building, get them out of the way. That's exactly what we do is we take like per pallet, we'll do the front and back, box mm -hmm. it back up and get it out and shipping and receiving and then do the yeah. next pallet front and back and then move it. Yeah. And if you, you know, if you're limited on space at all, that's probably the smartest thing you can do because yeah. you just don't have anywhere to put it. It's, yeah, it's like, the only option we have. Yeah, unless you have vertical storage, which, you know, we have the ability to do that here, but we don't have enough racking yet. Um, but yeah, like there's nowhere we could do it. Like yeah. you, you drop 10,000 hoodies on me, I'd be done. I'd be like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We did sweatpants about two weeks ago that had a five color shin print. Mm. A one color up here, like below the hip, massive, yeah. like one color that we had to barely fit on pallets. Then it had vinyl, like a, re a reflective uh, vinyl here um, by the fantastic. pocket. And then mm. it had, and we had to tag them because it got okay. uh, special uh, uh, tagging. And then it was going to get embroidery, was going to get embroidery, but they changed their mind at the, at the end. Wow. Because so they were a million dollars a piece. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. How much, so what, what color is your Ferrari? <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> you did those. Yeah. You're yeah. rich too. <laughs> but I was, but, the, but you know, that the whole thing is, is that once it comes out of the box, I hate reboxing stuff to pull yeah. it out again, you know? Yeah. And so once wow. it comes out of the box, you kind of want to just make it all happen. Finish it. Yeah. Yeah. Finish it. Yeah. So make it happen. Know, be efficient as possible anyway. And so that's kind of to your point, you know, you hate to, 
if you have a front and a back, it's great. But if you have a, a sleeve too or something, then then what? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, what's the thing people don't think about? I mean, obviously, most of the people who are listening to this are printers too, but it's like if you're, again, like say 10,000 pieces or 5,000 pieces, yeah. you're like, oh, it's front and back. Okay, well, that's actually like 10,000 prints. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, well, they want to add a sleeve. And then you're like, uh, do you Not really want to add a sleeve? <laughs> sure, you don't want to add that logo to the back, like yeah. real small oh, on the yeah. bottom. I'm not, I'm not, we're not a fan of like specialty printing locations at all. Like we, we try it away. We don't print tags. Um, I try to stay away from sleeves as much as possible. Um, I don't always get away with that one, but, uh, dude, that I'm one's rough. Like I feel kind of like shitty as a printer to, to like, I don't care. Like I'm going to admit it. And most printers are going to admit the same thing. They hate fucking doing sleeves too. Yep. Um, but I just did a thing where I talked to stage screen printing and that's mm -hmm. like his favorite is sleeves. And he does really? like five, six color, like full sleeves, both sleeves. Why he's is it like, his favorite? Just, Why is he he just likes them? doing them because they're cool. Like he, Does he like he, the pain? <laughs> well, that's what I think so. I think he likes the torture. But just yeah. like, I mean, it is cool. Like if you see like a cool like metal shirt or like a movie yeah. shirt and it's got like awesome print on the front and both sleeves are decorated, it does look cool. Like I get yeah. that like you you're excited to be great at that but to racing me, markets like, like that too they love sleeves right. and you know to me i look at that and i'm like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like i don't want to do that yeah especially when it's that ten thousand hoodie order right yeah. both sleeves i want the hood printed i want a tag printed i want front and back i want a side we print. always joke about that <laughs> like a customer calls or whatever and it's like yeah i want a t 10 color front 10 color back gold foil tags uh, I want to print on the inside so I can flip up the front over my face. And it's mm. like, it's like, dude, yeah, come on. You've been watching too many Walmart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shirts. <laughs> yeah. No. So, so back to your, uh, we interrupted your basement story. Oh, your oh you're good. Yeah. Yeah. We, we started in the basement or whatever. And, uh, you know, six color manual down there, uh, before we left and we had a uh, three heads of embroidery at the time. We had a two head and a single head SWF. Uh, and my, my, my parents so uh and we were making good money but i was just trying to be you know trying to stockpile every dime you know because i knew eventually i was going to have to get a space and when we lived in pennsylvania um the rent for anything was just off the scale um like we we were pricing buildings out basically a dollar a square foot a month you know so you want three thousand square feet it's three thousand dollars you know and then usually they would have you'd have to pay lawn like your lawn had to be upkept by the people that were keeping all the lawns around it was triple all, net charges yeah, triple net. i couldn't think of the term but yeah triple net yeah so you you had this extra five or six or seven hundred dollar bill on top of the that other could change and, by the way yeah, yeah and it goes up and down and that's exactly the way i explained it to you they're like oh what's well, you know it's five hundred dollars but sometimes it's eight you know and i'm just like <laughs> well you know, like i kind of need to know you know and so my dad actually lost his job about the time we were looking for space and um me and my fiance had lived in Tennessee years before, several years before, just for like a year. Uh, but everything down here doesn't do this with the economy, you know, like it's just kind of straight down here. So your rents don't go up and down really. It's just kind of all the same. And, uh, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to go down there and look at buildings, you know, instead of like this PA stuff was just going to cost me a fortune. And so we rented the building we're in now um, for, I came down here and it, it had like two, it actually had three suites. So it had an upstairs where I'm at now in my office, a downstairs with the warehouse. And there was a downstairs below the offices that have um, 
you know, it's like an indoor air conditioned office area. Um, and they tried to rent me just the inside and they were going to rent somebody else, the upstairs and somebody else, the warehouse. So there was going to be three of us in this building that was really meant for one business. And, uh, there's only one bathroom. There'd only be one electricity, you know, one cable, all this stuff, you know? So it was like one of these things where I'm going to have to like share UPS dock and all that. Sounds like a slumlord. Yeah. Yeah. And they were just trying to get maximized their rent or whatever. <laughs> right. and, and, and he had no idea where I was even from. I just sprung it on him. I seen the ad and I called him and he come over and immediately we looked at it and uh, he's like, I was like, well, how much to rent the whole thing? Cause he was trying to rent me like the inside for like 700 bucks a month, which I thought was crazy. I was like, Oh, okay. We found a place, you know? And then he, I said, well, how much for the whole thing? He said, 1500 bucks a month. I said, I'd about jerked his arm off. And uh, cause it's, it's 14,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to share with anybody fourteen hundred bucks a month. I'm like, or fifteen hundred bucks a month. And I was like, done deal. You know, let's let's do it. You know, so of course we had this tiny little Vastex manual in the corner of this massive warehouse. Like it just looked ridiculous. My friend. At that were point, like, though, were you? Did you know in the back of your mind you were going to go auto? Well, yeah, I was already looking at autos, but I I didn't think I was close to buying one to be honest with you. Um, and I just thought, well. I'll get the space just in case. And the, and the money was fine because here I was planning for $3,000 a month or something for a fraction of the space. Mm-hmm. Now I've got, you know, three times, five times the space that I wanted for half the money, you know? So I was like, well, this is a dumb deal. I, let's go do it. You know? So we did it and uh, I've rented it for, I'm trying to think was it was the two years, I think right at two years. And the, uh, the person that owned the building, which I had never met, I was renting it from like a, uh, realtor he was doing like a you know whatever and uh the constable came here looking for this guy a couple times he wasn't paying his taxes <laughs> and uh his property taxes and uh so we were getting notices that like hey you know you're two years past due you're three years past due or whatever it is and uh finally we got one that says we're literally going to sell it on the courthouse steps on this date and about like a day or two later, here come this constable again. And this time he was like pissed off. Like he was mad. And he, and he was like, I need to see the owner. And I've never met the owner. Like, I don't even know what he looks like, you know? And that's why I kept telling this guy, I was like, I've never met the owner. I rent from a realtor, you know, and he pays the owner. I said, go find that guy. He'll tell you where the, you know, he's giving this guy a check every month. He knows where he's at. Right. You know? So he's like, why don't you just do us all a favor and buy this place and save us all the headache? And he was scaring me, you know, cause I, I knew that the, even if the bank sold it, I would, they'd have to honor my lease or whatever. But after that I would be kicked out, right. I'd be, they could kick me out. Uh, cause who would want to buy this building to lease it? I don't think they'd want to do that. They'd want to use it themselves. I would think mm-hmm. it's just that awkward size, you know? Uh, so anyway, I, I went to the bank and they were like, we'll do a zero down deal, like 15 day close, like. How did they determine the price? Was it you were buying from the t- for the back taxes? Uh, no, no. They, they I bought it from the bank before it went to auction. In other words, so basically we we hurried through the uh, the buying process to get it away from that auction deal, you know. What and so it solved all. And he had to pay his taxes with the profits from the building, and so everybody got happy in the deal. Was it um, was it, was it like a really sweet deal? It, it was. So I paid three hundred and thirty grand for this building, fourteen thousand square foot. Um, it only had 400 amp service at the time, which was not quite what I'd hoped, but it, it was enough to get by three phase, um, I guess. Yeah, it was three phase. Um, you know, it had everything you'd want, you know, and it's where I want to be. I, we don't want to be in town. We don't want to be, um, we don't do any local business almost like it's pretty much, I'd say it's 99.8% internet. So yeah, uh, I don't want walk-ins. In fact, my door says no walk-in, no appointment, no like 
basically, you know, you have to. I heard you don't answer your phone either. Is I don't true? answer my phone. Yeah. So when I talked to <laughs> Dude, you on the either. phone that day, I was like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> and, I don't either. I it's just because I like people, man. So like when I get to, you know, if, if a customer is going to call me, I'm going to get in a 30 minute, 40 minute conversation. I guarantee it. Well, mm. I do about 150 emails a day. So when am I going to have time to do all that? If I'm talking to some percentage of those customers, it just won't get done. So it's just going to mess up the bottom line, which means it's going to cost more for every, so I'm going to hire, hire somebody to do sales and all this stuff, you know? So I, I, I just get away from it, man. Um, and, and some people are real turned off by that. They want to call me and describe their artwork or they want to call and talk to the owner, whatever it is, you know, and we just don't do it. We won't do it. I don't, I, I, I've turned down a shit, you not a $600,000 order one time. Dang. <laughs> Cause they want to talk on the phone. I said, Nope, not interested. Cause <laughs> it, I just felt like that, you know, and, and some people are really great at like keeping details like that in their head. I'm literally a dumb redneck. I'm, I just, I'd have got no words other than that to say, say, you know, describe me. I'm just, <laughs> I'm not supposed to own a business. I wasn't supposed to own a business. I came from a tiny ass town, you know, uh, I'm half illiterate. I can't spell my way through anything. Um, and you want me to keep all the details. <laughs> it's just not a good idea for you or for me. Uh, I'm going to mess up your order and something's going to get lost in translation. I do the same thing. And I, I, I'm a hundred percent on your level with that. And it, it's, it, you do kind of sound like a dick by being like, I don't ever want to be on the phone, but it's like you said, it's like, I always tell them too. Like I have customers and friends and all this other stuff that always like, they send me stuff on platforms I don't use like on Facebook or on a text or whatever else. And I'm like, email me all your details. Like shit's going to get lost. And then when yeah. the order's printed and something's wrong, you're going to be like, what the hell? And I'm yeah. like, well, cause you spread it across fucking five platforms. Yeah. You called me and made a change that never got recorded anywhere else because you didn't email it to me. It didn't get put in anything. And so I like, like the email for the other reason. When you make a mistake, I can prove it. When I make a right. mistake, you can prove it. And there's not a lot of debate, right? Right. If exactly. I misprinted your order and you told me to do this, it's black and white right there. And, oh, I, we, and I eat it immediately. I, there's no argument. There's not a debate. I'll take it. It's we'll handle right. it. Yeah. You know, but if you've turned around and told me you wanted white t-shirts and <laughs> you really wanted red and you got right. white, well, you yeah. got white. <laughs> I, I agree with you. We yeah. answer, uh, we answer the phone here for sure. We yeah. also have walk-ins, we're, but we're a bit different cause we're a custom screen print shop. Um, yeah. but, um, to your point about the, um, as far as emails, like we will not take sizes over the phone. So a lot of times people will call and say, Hey, I want to reorder of this. And here I want 10 large, da, da, da. We won't, nope. you know, no way we're going to take it out of our phone. And sometimes that frustrates somebody because they, they're in a hurry and they just want to give us the sizes and yeah. get the reorder. Right. I only need so, two sizes right now. Yeah. yeah <laughs> this is easy. Like I just need yeah. 10 of this and 10 of this, but, yeah. um, but what happens when we, when it's wrong or we, or we didn't yeah. hear you right. And so can you email that to us? And some, most people are cool with it. I'm like, fine, fine. Yeah, I'll email you. But if they're not cool with it, then our solution is, is like, we'll just say, okay, well here, I'm going to, I'm going to email you right now. What you just told me, just reply back that, that we got it straight. Yeah. And, and, and I've thought about something like that before, but I, again, I just, mm-hmm. I, I get to be friendly with people and, and I, I, I want to be friendly with people. I want to <laughs> hang out, I want to hang out, talk on the phone, whatever. But I just feel like that I've already got all these commitments, right? Mm-hmm. Of people that are doing it by email. And they know that if they email me, I'm going to answer them today. They're going to get a quote today and they can pay for it today. And it's going to be in process today. But if I'm jacking around on the phone, you know, talking to somebody about, you know, why the sky's blue today or kind of weather they got or whatever it might be. Uh, I feel like I dropped the ball on the customers that are counting on me doing business that way. Do you now think I know. Voice, 
to scale. I can't do this forever. I can't do it like that forever. I have to scale differently. Probably. Do you think voice calls are going to go away? You know, like um, eventually, because so many people, like the new generation, they text, right? If you try to call yeah. them, they don't know what to do. No. So, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they go away. Yeah. Probably with I'm mine in your generation. Yeah. They're going to be like, I'm tired of this shit. I'm just going to. Yeah. But again, texting's hard too, because if you're getting 150 texts a day, you know, somebody's texting you about an order for next week. Somebody's texting you order about, they might order in six months, you know, remember I texted you, I wanted black shirts and you gave me blue, you know, like these things, you know, which uh, is basically why I hired Sarah. Yeah. So like now she answers all the phones. The problem was, is for so long, I had all of our calls going to like, each of us have a, have basically a cell, like a work cell phone. Right. So my cell phone was all over everything, business cards, internet. So you're getting cards, all of everything. Yeah. Right. So I went through and like deleted all of that as much as possible, made it all the work phone. So now like almost all of it goes to like Sarah. That's, picks up the that's front desk and, and we'll have to do that eventually. I'll have to get somebody at least to handle all my email and, and all that stuff. And I can just work on the business because I'm, I, I literally do all the email here. So I do all the sales you know, yeah. sales, you know, um, so it's, it's tough for me to get involved in, you know, some of the, you know, Hey, let's, let's, let's improve the printing some way or something, you know, so I'm always yeah. dropping stuff at Shelly, but I never get involved and I can't, I can't be down there and do it most of the time. Dude, I'm telling you, I feel like connected in that way just because like I was exactly like you in the same yeah. boat, same 150 emails a day, mm-hmm. all that other stuff. And then like one day I just like took the leap and I was like, I'm just going to hire somebody to do my emails. Like yeah. it's basically like a personal assistant, but like she ends up being customer service. Yeah. Customer service. And then, um, dude, it was the best fucking thing ever. Yeah. I promise you. Cause immediately yeah. you're like, oh, like every day you walk in and see that email list and you're like, Oh, there's no way I'm going to get through this. Cause the problem is it doesn't stop. It's no, not like, it's all it's like you have 150 emails that day and then you can go through 150 and then the next day it's there again. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you do, you might sit in one email and like go through the whole process of it. And then when you go back to your inbox, there's eight more emails. Just like it. That just came <laughs> right back in and it's yeah. like, it never ends. So like yeah. getting somebody in the morning that I can just go through what I have in my inbox and be like, that's for Sarah. That's for Sarah. That's for Sarah. Yeah. Uh, you're, 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 you're speaking to me. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, that's where we got to go eventually. Um, for us right now, our bigger problem is getting a, a good printer in here, man. We've got, you know, my fiance does all the printing and she's fantastic at it, but you know, she also does all the ordering, all the digitizing. She does all the color steps. Um, you know, so there's a lot on her plate. Um, and it's, it's getting rough, man. Uh, yeah. we've, got a, we've had a good, we've had a couple good printers and then they come and they go, man, they just, uh, it, it almost doesn't even matter what you pay them. Um, they seem to, they're a different crowd. You know what I mean? And, uh, it's, yeah. it seems to be that that's a profession that's going to die. You know, um, I like, wants, um, I like, work. uh, far, as far as hiring printers, I, mm-hmm. my best experiences anyway, are just having press assistants. I think we talked about this on a podcast, a couple of podcasts ago where there's a press assistant and that mm-hmm. person grows into a printer. So I don't know yeah. if, if you're, if Shelly has a press assistant well, right we, now. That we have two, we have two right now. Both are, um, one of them used to print manually. Um, and we hired her to be a printer and not, I'm not putting her down at all. She's, she's great at what she does. Um, but she's just not ready to run an auto at, at a pace. You know what I mean? Shelly generally prints six to 800 pieces an hour, you know, moving pretty good. I don't think she could print this 
you know, she could probably print three or 400, you know, max, um, which would be okay if, if, if we had somebody, you know, if they were tag team and, you know, both presses around the same time, um, type thing, which would be okay. But I, I don't know. She's, she's, um, not adapted to some of the, you know, like, why is that sticking? Why is this not, you know, how hot's that flash? You know, like, you know, should I speed up? Should I slow down? You know, like, you know, these mm-hmm. things that she just hasn't adapted from manual to auto. Cause they're just kind of not the same. Um, you know, I think she'll get it eventually. Um, but I don't know that she'll be able to run a press like Shelly. Um, yeah. and we had a printer that could run a press really well. Um, but she didn't work out, you know, she had some, uh, personal issues and, it is what it is <laughs> you know but, uh, are you trying to hire people that say they've done screen printing before or are you trying uh, to hire people that are totally green we've done it both ways um you know and I, I think to train somebody to do it right is tough especially when like i said shelly's doing all that stuff and she's the printer she's just out of time you know um so at the end of the day you know she don't have a lot of time to like walk somebody through every single thing uh you know why this is happening or why she's doing it this way or why she's putting the red here instead of over here you know and these people you know they want to learn but it's tough to train them you know we're working on it all the time but it's it's tough you know uh, yeah. i don't i don't pretend to have all the answers on that i wish i did because i'd have another printer um, <laughs> I think it's probably you know, easier. That, I bet you it's probably easier for a shop like ours because we do a lot of one color and two color. We, we have to do a mix of orders, right? We're not yeah. always doing 10 color or whatever. Yeah. And so what, what I tend to do, and maybe Dylan, you do the same thing, is that they, you, you start on a one color. You sure. set this, not even flat, not even like a white or anything, just hey, black ink, navy ink, whatever. Yeah. Start with that, Something set easy. it up, run them, you know, because there's just a lot going on, you know, when you're running yeah. a press. And so just don't worry about the flash right now or anything like that. And then you graduate to a two and three. And so you run like our eight color press, yeah. you just start on that. So you're running, yeah. you're never running more than we have two flashes on it. So we can do a three color on there with two flashes and everything's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. And every, anything above three color goes to our 10 and anything above five goes to our 12. And so it's like, we kind of run it like that. Yeah. Um, and maybe you don't have those orders to start on. You we know? don't, <laughs> we, we do probably in a month, I bet we print two jobs that are like, white ink on a shirt or something like that it just doesn't happen here um mm. uh, i wish it did and and to your point maybe i should make some sort of sale or be aggressive about trying to get those type of orders in here so that my printer can learn to run those things so well i don't know you're making a good point you are making i feel like point. you're just so hard into that niche oh we're buried in it yeah we're buried right but that's what i mean is like there's no like i wouldn't try to bring on other stuff to yeah. like you know, build that one. I just, I just feel like, yeah, you're probably going to have to get somebody on press with her that pulls shirts all day yeah. that just observes. And yeah. then like, she slowly gets them to like replace her. And then she goes to another press and then yep. get somebody next to her again and then do the whole thing. It's kind of <laughs> like what we did is we just had like, almost everybody we fired is like totally knew nothing about screen printing because then a, you don't have to break them with bad habits. They learned from a shitty shop before. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like, like Andy was saying, I think we talked about this before too, where like there's printers that run autos all day long and do great work that have never printed manually before. That's true. You know what I mean? Like you hire them on the auto and they've just always done that and they've never actually physically pulled a squeegee. Yep. And it's like, Nate, we've had him for probably a year and a half, almost two years now. And that's the same thing we did. We're just like, all right, you're going to pull shirts for Randy for like, you know, six months. 
And then like, he's going to show you like how to do this, how to do this. And then eventually he got it on his own press. And then we were like, all right, we know you're not ready for full auto. Like here's a foot pedal. Yeah. Like you're allowed to use this for like, you know, like a month or whatever. Like uh, you're going to have to get off it. <laughs> like you're going to have to wean yourself off it. But just so you know, like it's not going to spin until you're ready. Yeah. And then like he loads and same thing like Andy said, like, all right, you're, the max you're doing is like a three color. Yeah. And then like eventually he gets into five and then you're like, eventually you're like, all right, you can do pockets and sleeves or we're going to introduce you to water base or oversize or whatever. It's like you slowly add stuff and they get comfortable and comfortable. But yeah, right. it's super hard. Cause it's like the hard part is too, is like you invest, you're taking a risk and you're investing in that person mm. and you don't know what's going to happen. Like in three months down the road, even though they like the job, something might happen where they're like, Can't I have it. to move. Yeah. Yeah. or I have to quit and you're like, well, fuck now I have to start all the way over yep. again. And like, I invest another, cause I, I feel like honestly to get a good printer that can handle most jobs that come through the door, you need at least like a year. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So as I mean, you're investing as an owner of like, I'm investing in you. Like you're looking at your new employee and like, please don't fucking flake out on, on me <laughs> in like a year. And we've had this talk before too, but it's like, when somebody comes in to interview, you don't want to hear this sounds terrible, but you don't want to hear that they have ambitions. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't want to, they don't want to be like, Oh, in three years, I'm going to like do this yeah. or I'm going to go do this or I'm, you know what just, the worst? this is a stepping stone. You know what the worst like, thing to say or that or to hear is, is when they come in there and they're like, yeah, I just want to you know, learn this because I want to start my own shop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not like, here. I don't think yeah, <laughs> you, don't want, you won't hear that, but I'm just saying like, I don't, oh, want, I've somebody, heard that. Yeah, I don't want somebody to be like, yeah, like that's brave. You know, <laughs> my goal is to like open, you know, like a veterinary clinic or something. And it's like, well, yeah. I literally have to invest one year into you to start mm -hmm. making my money back. Like you're producing enough that like actually is like super. It's going to take me three years to offset that one year. So I need right. you to be here for a while. <laughs> right. You need to be here for a good amount of time. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, yeah. So and, I, and, and I fully get why you're talking about like, it's just hard to get people. Yeah. And the two we have there now are both, they set up and break down presses and there's no problem. They understand everything with that. Uh, and they're pulling both of them pull, um, you know, and they, they get it, but they just, I don't think, I think they get intimidated by the press and maybe that's a little bit because we just haven't gave them that push. Right. You know, where it's just like, Hey, we're in these shirts or get them right. One or the other is going to happen. You know, like, um, you know, Brand, I would get intimidated by your press. I think it's a hundred <laughs> colors or something. It's, <laughs> it's a big one. It's a 18. <laughs> yeah. It's a big one. Yeah. And the other one's a 12. So, you know, our small press is a 12. <laughs> wow. Know? And what's funny is we can't put most jobs on that small press anymore. They just don't work. It won't work. And it's got three flashes, you know? So, I mean, it's just, uh, it's the press to go to when we got a, you know, a six color we want to go real fast on. Cause that press is, it's really fast. The that 12 press, is? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a world record press. It's what is actual, it? it's a challenger 3d. It's uh, so if you look oh, up, yeah, the yeah, M yeah. Yeah. If you look up the M and R London's world record, that's the press. It's the actual press. We got, do you know, the Dylan, do you know about this press that, yeah. that would, you know what he did on his heads though? Mm -hmm. He actually paid the X, you have the uh, upgraded head. It's a digital head. Right? Yeah. So they're all digital. Everyone's touch screen at the head. Um, and then the nice thing is you don't have flags like the typical MNR where you got to set your print stroke by the little slidey flags. Um, you can literally go to the main panel and set up one head. So say you got a 15 inch print you're going to do, you can 
set up the first head. Do you want to, you, you say you want to go 50% speed, 50% flood. You want, you know, 50% pressure and you want um, a 15 inch stroke. You set all that up in the first head. You can copy and paste it to every head without That's touching. Cool. It's like two buttons to make all that happen. Um, I wish all the MNR, other MNR presses had that, uh, you know, I think it, all presses that have that now it's 2020 is it an option that to even do anymore do you know i don't think they'll build it anymore because when i when i wanted my gauntlet three i was kind of nudging them that way and they're just like no we're not we're not going to build another challenger three um and i think it's mostly because people don't want to pay that money it was i think that feature alone was like five grand a head you know so just the digital at the head was like another five grand a head on top of what you would pay for a normal 12 14 and that's usually what it costs like if you break it down usually like per head anyway so if you're like i want a 12 color and then you're like what's the price 14 color they're usually like oh another 10 grand yeah yeah and then so you'd do that it'd be 20 because you'd have to you know (laughs) right because you're getting fancy and you're getting fancy add-ons which no shit it saves a bunch of time because just just running around you know, cause you've forgotten to set a flag before, right. You know, Hey, I didn't, you know, I didn't move my flag down far enough. You know, we, we, we half printed this, you know, the test print or whatever. Um, you could fix that all from the head, you know, and the nice thing is, is from the head, you can set or not even from the head, from the panel and the head, you can set pressure. So you could, you could say, man, you know, the, the red is not good enough. We need to, you know, more pressure, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. So yours is all digital. There's no like the, manual. Yeah, yeah. Nope. Switches or anything? Nope. You know, so even your your air pressure, like you got the knobs at the end of an MR, nope. Not on that press. It's all digital. You just touch it. It's really cool. That's awesome. That's yeah. funny. I mean, it's also scary too, because like if something goes wrong, it's not like an easy, like, oh, I just need to change a bolt. It wasn't scary when I first got it because I thought they'd <laughs> build it for a while. And now it's a little scary because it's the press is five years old now. Um and it's to be fair, it has never had the first problem. It is yeah. just kicks. That's out. like the thing, and, and and we can talk about this now because we're all M and R guys here mm. in this chat. So usually, sometimes we're talking to people that are, have rocks and stuff. We kind of bite mm. our tongues, but it's like, uh, yeah, like with my sportsman, I've had like for probably six or more years now, not a single service call, no breakdowns of anything. Um, so yeah, and it was it's worth thing, its weight in like, gold to me. To me, right. that is. to me is, is like no breakdowns, no issues on press. I mean, all we have to do is like the regular maintenance like greasing mm-hmm. shit. And it's like, yeah. it's solid. Yeah. Um, but I had, I was that shop that had like two different autos at one point, like two different brands. Yeah. And the other one was basically trying to be that press. Like it was trying to be the sportsman and, uh, just to see the little differences and like that one was always had an issue. Like something was breaking down or the tablet had an issue or, you know, it was glitching or whatever. Yeah. And then, and then you look like right across the dryer belt and there's a press running perfectly fine. No problem. No issues. <laughs> and you're like, fuck, why didn't I buy another yeah. one? I've had yeah. uh, our two sportsmen's uh, zero service calls, but I've had, I've replaced a few parts. I don't know if that, if you're including that or not, because I've replaced um, a couple proxes. And I don't know if that was our fault because we knocked it and broke them or what, but we had a few proxies go out. And then uh, I think it was like a lift cylinder maybe or something. Yeah. Also one of but those that's buttons. Just, that's like, I feel like that's one of those things like on an auto that's kind of like changing the brakes in your car. Wear and tear. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just regular like. Yeah, there's millions of prints on those. Pre- shit's, mo- shit's moving every day and going in and out. Every like single you're going to have to replace stuff here and there. I think Wait. it's a, I think it's, I think it's um, something that when you get, a, no matter what press you have, you should, you should expect X amount of dollars per year. Maybe not the first couple of years, but you know, right. after it's out of warranty or whatever, you can, 
I mean, a figure. But it's, general, it's just general upkeep, and you should do that yeah. anyway. You should just replace stuff before it fucking breaks. Yeah, because then you're just, down in the middle of something you can't be down. You know? Right, like don't wait for that stuff. Our biggest, uh, the only problems we ever had with uh, our our Challenger 3D was uh, we had we forgot to replace the battery, you know, from mm. the PLC. So yep. we weren't even down. We just had to make a phone call to M&R, and they're like, here, do this and do this, and you can <laughs> run for the day, and then we'll overnight you a battery. Like, it was not a big deal. Like I, uh, I did a stupid thing, and I don't normally do the maintenance on them, but one day I was out there, and I was told, like, you got to change the on our sportsman. There's like, I think it's like three or four D batteries mm-hmm. for like the backup memory or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, I'm looking at the manual and it says like, you know, take cover off, you know, change the batteries or whatever. I read that far. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And I like open the cover, take the batteries out. And then right underneath it in big letters, it says like, do not do this unless press is on. And the press was <laughs> off. And I was like, fuck. So I took the batteries out, put the batteries in, turned it on. And like, nothing worked right because like it just like cleared the memory or whatever and i was back to zero was what it was oh my god because like when they get there right they like calibrate it to be like okay it's you know you know your offset or whatever is on this and like what'd you do and like it wiped it i i ended up calling service and they walked me through the whole thing and they're like oh if it's doing this do this do this do this and that's one of the best things about mnr is the 24 7 service like you're always going to get a hold of somebody so I just like, yeah, I mean, it sucks. Like you call and you're on hold for a minute and you get somebody, but they're like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do At this. least you have somebody this. though. Right. You have somebody like it could be Sunday night at 10 PM. You can call and like get a hold of somebody. So, uh, yeah. When I went and visited their uh, factory and uh, they have, like when you first walk in and if you've ever seen, you've been there, Dylan, have you yeah. been there, Brent? I've, I haven't been to their new one. I've been to the old one. So when you walk in, they have that service call like center. And they have this giant screen and that's kind of is in queue, like who's on the call and everything. And then they're like, yeah, so here's what we do here. And we record every call and they're like, oh, so sure Kong. And they, and they typed it in and did a search and my, and I was like, oh shit, you know, they're going to play. I hope I was nice. <laughs> you know, like, they're they're going to play my calls and we were all standing like, there. You like, asshole. <laughs> You can't um, come in here anymore. That's right. <laughs> well, it was funny. Like when I, when I visited and did the tour, it was when Rich Hoffman was still there. And, uh, that was the, the like, I mean, I'm so glad I went and had like the opportunity to hang out with that guy for the day. And, uh, he's just so smart on everything, but it's funny cause he was talking about that, how they do the service calls. Basically like if you call and you, it goes to one service text number and he doesn't pick up it automatically bounces to another service text number. Back and if for some reason he doesn't pick up. It goes directly to Rich's cell phone. <laughs> Which means somebody's going to be in some that's trouble. trouble. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. Rich told me straight up, like, no filter. He's like, if it gets to me, someone's in fucking trouble. Yep. He's like, he's like, if they didn't pick up the phone, like, they're going to, like, yeah, I'll help you out. Like, me as the owner of this company is going to help you out. But when I get off the phone with you, there's two people Jeez, I'm calling. Nice. Like, why the fuck weren't you around to pick up? Uh, Funny, Rich is kind of, I would give him some credit for where we're at today. I mean, he, uh, you probably don't even remember the story. Even if you were on, do you remember Digit Smith? You guys either go on Mm -hmm. Digit Smith back in the day? Yep. Yeah. So there was a, when I was shopping for my first auto, you know, all these manufacturers websites were trash and they're still not that great. If you ask me, um, even MNR, like they could be better. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so I, you know, as a, as a layman, I didn't know what I was looking at when I was looking at a workhorse or an Anathol or an MNR, like one's blue, one's red, one's teal or whatever it was, you know, so like what, you know, what really makes these a difference? Obviously I would see that there was more MNRs in the field than 
probably anything else. Um, so I, I understood that that meant something, you know, but as a layman, you can't just say ours is the best without telling me like very clearly why you think yours is the best or why I should buy yours. So I created a thread on there called auto automatic press. So kind of on purpose, because I knew that would kind of get everybody's attention, but I hadn't really thought about the back end of it that much that it would turn into a Google thing. So this thread, you guys know who Robert Barnes is? I don't. No. He's, he, he owned Workhorse. Mm. Well, at the, he, he sold Workhorse at one point, and then he went and uh, worked. Have, have you heard of Printex Presses? Yep. So he was, he was the U.S. distributor for Printex Presses. So I get in this auto thread thing and I just start asking the dumb questions. Why would I buy an MNR versus this or versus mm-hmm. that, whatever. Tell me what makes the workhorse better than the Anatol. Tell me what, may, you know, and this thread gets to be kind of, you know, big, like 20 or 30 pages in the beginning. And Robert Barnes gets in there and he's, you know, pushing these print presses or whatever, which were, uh, I think they're, were they Portuguese or Poland? They're from Poland is where they were built. And, uh, you know, he's got a real bad reputation for like attitude and just, and he's always shit talking M and R and like it, Rich had sued this guy several times. If you didn't know that. And, uh, Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Now. This, this, this was like, an, these, these guys put these guys in a room and Dude, all didn't these guys, out. didn't these guys make a press that's literally fucking exactly like an, like blue and yellow, like yeah, yeah, everything he, he, is exactly yeah. the same. As yeah. He was, yeah. he was involved in helping copy some of the M and R stuff. And even the workhorses were sort of a knockoff of the M and R's at the time. You know, so anyway, long story short, he gets involved and try. And again, I'm a layman. I don't know who I'm talking to. All I know is that some big name press guy is giving me all this advice. And he tries to sell me, he comes to my shop, actually, tries to sell me this print express and throws this like sweetheart deal. Like it was like, I think it was like 35 grand for like a 10, 12 with a gas dryer and like four sets of pallets and like a hundred zillion squeegees and just everything you can imagine. Right. And I was just like, man, this all sounds too good to be true, you know, because, like, you know, you're hearing the Diamondback costs, you know, 25 grand or whatever it was. And that's kind of what I was shopping for was an entry level auto. And uh, Rich got involved in this thread and <laughs> they, they just spar back and forth every day. And I'm kind of like mixing it up and throwing things in there, trying to get information more than anything. Well, anyway, this thread goes on to be more than 100 pages. If you typed in automatic screen print press in Google, that was the number one result. It Is came it up still above. out there? Uh, no, it got, well, it might still be there, but a lot of it got deleted because there was lawsuit shit involved. Uh, um, anyway, so it, it was coming up number one in Google. Like, and then even when you would search MNR or Workhorse or Anatol, like this, this thread was coming up like at the top. So Rich, <laughs> Rich starts getting involved and he's sparring with him or whatever. And he finally says to me, he's like, I'm going to fly you and Shelly. This is like December 17th one year. He's like, I'm flying you and Shelly to Chicago. We'll put you up in a hotel. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to show you all our, our factory or whatever. And I'm also going to take you over to Anatol. And he says, and, you're all, and what you're going to tell me is that you're not going to buy. He's like, I don't even give a shit if you buy one of ours or one of Anatol's. He's just not going to buy from Robert Barnes. <laughs> that's what he said. He says, just, that's what's just going to happen. I fucking love Rich. Rich, so Rich is the fucking man, dude. And yeah. so no shit. He picks me up at the hotel or at the airport, drives us to fucking Anatol. He's never <laughs> even been there. Okay. 
We tour Anatole. Without him, you mean? Without him, yeah. He leaves. He leaves. And you know what Anatole did, right? They tried to seize the moment, too. They've Mm -hmm. got this thread that's got all these manufacturers being listed. And here, they've got an opportunity to try and steal the customer, right? So they, they show me a press. They walked me in a conference room and threw a fucking offer down the table that I was an idiot to not take. It was a sweetheart deal also. And and I look at the guy, I was like, what do you think? What am I supposed to do? Rich is pulling up in the parking lot. I can see him in the fucking parking lot. And I was like, the <laughs> He's fucking out there guy. like this in the window. I was like, yeah, he, I was like, he flies me out here. I was like, I at least got to go see his factory or whatever. I was like, he's like, this is like when you leave the room, the deal's not good. And I was like, you got to give me at least till tonight, you know? And he's like, all right. And so, uh, and they weren't being mean at Rich or anything, but they were just trying to seize the deal. So anyway, Rich picks us up, takes us to lunch, and then spends eight hours walking me and Shelly around this factory. Just me and him and Shelly. And and I'm just like, we walked by one guy's order from like India or some shit. It, it, was, it was an order for 40 Diamondbacks. Oh one God. order. 40 Diamondbacks. Just stacked in pallets. Just they're boxing them all up and shit. And I looked at him. I was like, what in the fuck are you doing with me? I was like, I'm going to buy a Diamondback from you. One, you know, or, or whatever, sports, whatever it might be. You know, and, and I'm probably never going to buy another press is what I'm basically thinking, you know. And he's like, no, nah. he's like, we need to, we need to do this. I want you to see what, I just don't want you to waste your money with Robert Parms. He's like, don't even buy if you don't want to. And it's funny because we walked through all this and, you know, I, I can't imagine the stuff he's not being heard about that day, you know, with orders or what might be going on. And he's dealing with this no name customer. And at the end of the day, he just walks me into his office. He's like, so what'd you think? And I was like, and he's like, were you impressed? And I was like, well, duh, you know, I'm impressed. It's M and R, you know? And, uh, he said, well, Make up your mind what you want. Let us know. You know, no offer, yeah, no pushing you, no nothing. no no pushing, no sweetheart deal on the table, nothing. Yeah. You know, and and just said we'll be in touch. You know, if, and see how you're making along. He's like, but you know, save your money. Don't buy from Robert. I'd say uh, two things to that. One, if you if if you tour M and R, there's no doubt it, like what you're gonna do. After He's, got firepower. He's got a lot of firepower. He's got a lot of firepower there yeah. <laughs> because like I, it's, same it's thing incredible. with Andy. Like, like I feel like if anybody has the chance, if you ever go to Chicago, tour that fucking place. Yeah, that'll make you fall. The thing that's crazy. The thing is crazy, and I've had discussions with them about this for like social media stuff and whatever. Is like you guys have like this big badass fucking facility here mm-hmm. in the states that makes this equipment. And not only do you make this equipment, but raw steel comes in one end of the building and a fucking finished automatic press comes out the other end of the building. Mm-hmm. And like they literally make the fucking robots that weld their own yep. machines. Like they didn't just buy some other machine to do this. They, they make, make the it, machines. They make they the make. machines that make the machines. Yeah, and it's, it's like, how are, you, how are you not fucking buying this? Like, how are you not like awestruck at the shit? And the same it thing like through all of it it was so crazy that's the same thing like when i went i rich showed me around and like i feel like it was the same thing it was a couple hours it was probably like i don't know three four hours he walked me around most of the time we were bullshitting Mm -hmm. like we weren't he wasn't like and this is this thing and this is this he was we were just fucking bullshitting about stuff and like shooting the shit and he was like yeah and like he's like oh the belt on this you know gauntlet three or whatever he's like you'll never break that thing he was like i make He's like, my problem is that I try to make things so strong that like, he's like, I should make them shittier. He's like, honestly, I should make them shittier. So they break and you want to buy more from me 
to yeah. replace it. He's like, yeah, my, my problem is now. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, he was a great, he's such a great dude. I mean, he's still, yeah, we, he's still around, but like he obviously yeah. isn't at an R anymore. But yeah, he, he, he was, he did a lot of good stuff for us, man. He, uh, he helped us out multiple times where we need, like when we had our sports. So we, the, the end of that story was we ended up buying a sportsman from him, of course, um, which was above what I wanted to spend and all that fun stuff. But, uh, Later on, we needed a bigger press, and that's how we ended up with Challenger 3D. I called him up. I was like, "Man, I need a bigger press. My customers are just pushing on collars. We're, you know, we're we're printing seven collars on an eight collar press. You know, you know, we're sending it around three times because we don't have any other option. You know." And he's like, "Well, you know," and they were busy as shit at that time. He's like, "We're I can't remember what he was." six months out almost or something, four months out, whatever it was. I was like, I can't wait that long. I was like, you got anything? Like you got, you know, some dude that ordered five presses and he can wait on one of them or something, you know, like I'll take somebody's order, whatever it takes, you know? <laughs> and he's like, I got nothing. He's like, and then he goes, call you back for a minute. And he, like half hour goes by, he calls me back. He's like, I got the challenger 3d from the world record competition sitting in the corner in a pallet still or in a crate. He's like, you want that? And I was like, I was like, I don't think I can afford that. And he's like, it's used. <laughs> that's the way he said to me it probably had four thousand impressions on it or something and he's like it's used i was like well i like where this is going yeah <laughs> so he you know he's just such a good guy dude bailed yeah. us out you know say i mean he saved me because i could have spent money with Rick robert and just got screwed uh, the end of those stories ended up being as some of those guys spent money there was a guy in iowa bought four presses for him and paid cash for him wrote him a check robert made a big press deal out of it like frame the check and you know it was a big order and the problem uh, is the problem guy never got one of the presses never even came like it still hasn't ever came like it's crazy that's ridiculous the problem is is that like we have this discussion about mnr and stuff and like we all know the presses and we all love the presses the truth of it is is that like rock and all these other companies like the press works and they make shirts and they do this but to us it's the experience like you we just fucking talked about is it was rich walking us through things or just everybody i'm in are now like the customer service or the way they handle things or just being able to call and talk to somebody it's it's that shit that makes the difference for me well even workhorse was involved with when we were on that thread or in that thread and they had an install like 30 minutes from here putting in the shitty what is what is the shitty one the, the low end <laughs> press i can't even remember the javelin or something yeah javelin. whatever it was the, the very pretty much entry level maybe the second press up i don't know anyway so he had an install he's like we're going to be finishing it up on this day come in and we'll show you it run you know which i thought was great because i, I didn't the closest mnr was like 90 miles away so which i end up going to see that too but well i had one 20 minutes i'll go see it you know we get there and they're finishing the install and they couldn't get the press running I sat oh, there no. <laughs> in the corner of this guy's shop, the owner looking like he was ready to bite his fingernails off. Workhorses in the corner calling tech support 50 times. The thing won't even index. Like, and I'm just like, it's just not good, dude. I was just like, I, I don't want to buy one of these. Like, you can't even get your own press run. You know, like, no. Yeah. Shit happens. It's just, I yeah. mean, like I said, we had, we had one, we had a workhorse. We had it for yeah. years. It, it did what it was supposed to do. It printed yeah. shirts. Yeah. But like I said, when I had that right next door, like literally right next to the sportsman who's never broken down, never had an issue, to me it was an easy decision. It was like, yeah. okay, like, yeah, this press works. And if you had nothing but workhorse, like you bought all workhorse presses, you had all workhorse uh, dryers, anything, same with rock. If you had any of that stuff and you grew up with it, yeah, you're going to be like, yeah, that stuff's great. This is what it is because that's like what you're used to. Mm. But it was for me, it was like I had two clear-cut, 
prices right next to each other. And it was like, this one to me, obviously is better in my opinion. Yeah. So um, full disclosure, one. full disclosure here. No, MNR doesn't sponsor us. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. They probably should. After, <laughs> after well, like I said, the problem I'll be is the sponsor check in a minute. <laughs> but that's, what, that's what I'm saying is like, if, if you listen to like rock podcast, which there is yeah. one, they're doing the same shit we're talking about. They're like, Oh, I love this. I love this. And it's like, that's the thing is like all these presses are all doing the same thing, but yeah. we have experiences that just made us want to do this one. And I personally think in my opinion that M&R is the best one. So, well, yeah. the second thing I wanted to say about that was that I try to do the same thing here. And to, so when a customer, a customer comes in and maybe they're placing an order or they're thinking about placing an order, yeah. Um, we, I like to give tours and so do our, you know, so does our customer service reps. And I love walking around and showing them, you know, our presses or our dryers, or here's our screen room, or here's where we wash screens. I love doing that because, and, and then at the end, just like you said, there's no like sweetheart deal or anything at the end. It's just like, there's no pressure. Like if you yeah. want to order shirts here, in fact, you can leave, you can think about it, whatever because you just showed them that you, this is what we do every day. And there's all these people here that care and that, and that try really hard to do that. And I want you to leave here and, and know that that's what we're about. Yeah. So that you're Plus okay they see with, your infrastructure too. You're seeing. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it's, it's not, not some dude heat pressing in the background. It, exactly. Yeah. It's exactly. real. And, uh, yeah. and so this is why I'm going to spend, cause we're, we're not the cheapest, you know? And so mm -hmm. there's a reason why I want to go there. There's go to Shirkong. And so, Mm -hmm. I love giving tours. And so I'm, um, I'm just like rich. And so if, and I wasn't always like that though, you know, I, I didn't always, I wasn't always proud of the shop back there, you know? And so yeah. I didn't, I didn't want people. We had a wall in fact before and nobody came back there. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I like that part. Good story. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, what's your favorite piece of equipment? It doesn't have to be press, but like just mine. Yeah. That you have in the shop. Well, I mean, I would say, it's, I mean, it's tough. Obviously I would probably never want to manually screen print again, but I probably <laughs> would never run, want to run an, a screen print shop without an eye image mm. after having an eye image. That's just, I, you know, it just seems to me like a crucial piece that some guys just miss. Like they, they run an ROI and they're like, oh, I can't make any money on this thing. And like, you know, it doesn't make any sense on paper and, and all these things. And I'm just like, I think the thing is one of the best things you can put in a shop. You know, it's the quickest ROI for sure. And yeah. Big, yeah. Biggest. Uh, next That's what I was going to say. I feel, like, I feel like we paid ours off. Like our ROI on it was like a year. <clears throat> yeah. But, but M and R will even tell, I mean, M and R unsold me when I was originally wanting to buy it. I wanted to buy it. And they were like, if you're not doing 50 screens a day, you shouldn't get this. It doesn't, doesn't math out. You know what I mean? And uh, I was like, well, what about, you know, just like making the guy's job easier. That's doing my screens every day, you know, like, well, you know, you can't put that on paper. I was like, well, sure you can. That's his quality of life. You know, like, right, I know, you, exactly. I know I can't put a dollar figure on that, but I can put a, I, I can see the guy smile more often. You know what I mean? And, uh, of course when I bought, I bought it when I shit, we were probably doing, God, it couldn't have been 20 screens a day, you know? Yeah. And yeah, but you also did. had that tri-sync that came with it, you know, yeah. that, that, app, you know, that's where for us anyway, that's where a lot of the savings was. It's yeah. like the yeah. same, the same conversation we had with Alexa and Tyler from yeah. in-house. Like it's just those two. Yeah. You know what I mean? It could be you and your fiance running this shop. Wouldn't you rather take a screen and load it into an I image and hit fucking print mm -hmm. and, and know all those, 
Right. And, and the thing is with you too, like you're doing a lot of those like high detail half tones and everything for those cars and all that stuff. Like you're sacrificing by doing film with that mm-hmm. because it's human error of lining stuff up and taping yep. and all this other stuff. It's like, if you're two people and you can load that in, hit this. And like you said, go do something else until it's done. Like you're saving yourself time. It's not necessarily the money thing. You're not shaving seconds off. Yeah. And that's the same thing. We, we had a discussion about this a little while ago where it's like, I'm not one of those shops that's like looking at everything in time and seconds and how many jobs do we get done today? And like, right. I bought this piece of equipment because it shaves 15 seconds off of this process. It's like, I'm buying it because it's making my quality better. It's making it, you know, the quality of life better for that employee. Like that's the reason why I bought that. I didn't buy it for any other reason than that. Right. And then I think about it the same way you're thinking about it. But then in the second layer of that is I always think about it. Like if everything just went to shit, can I still put shirts out with just me and Shelly standing down there? Right. And how fast can I do that? Well, if I've got could, an eye image and Unicode yeah. and all these things, well, it just makes that much, you know, it all falls together a lot faster with that mm-hmm. stuff. So, you know, I think that at the end of the day, it's just a smart move. Um, you know, obviously I wouldn't tell a guy with a, you know, a, a, a one station four collar manual go out and buy an eye image, but you know, uh, you know, you get your first auto. I think you should really be thinking about throwing an eye image right behind it. You know, yeah. how has the Unicode, I think you got a Unicode, was it a month ago or two? Yeah, maybe? about a month ago. And you helped me, <laughs> which is how, great. How it's has great. that, Love it. Yeah, really. So how has that changed your, the whole process? Like what has well, that she, done for you? Shelly, who's doing all the other stuff was also coding screens every morning. So she's not doing that anymore. So we, now the person that does our, uh, actually burns our screens and, uh, you know, cleans our screens is just using the Unicode every day with all, with no knowledge of what she's even doing. Just, Isn't that you know, beautiful? It's so great. Like mm-hmm. trained her how to do it in five minutes. Like it was, just, and that, I don't even that, think it was five minutes. It was yeah. only five minutes because we ran through a couple screens, but there was no, you know, there was nothing to teach. It was like, here, hit this button, make sure you're on the right recipe, hit this button and you're good to go. You know, that's what I was going to say is like my favorite and not necessarily piece of equipment, but just like, doing the automated screen room as much as possible. Like the yeah. iImage, the Unicote and like the Starlight, having the, all three of those together to me was like, that's by far like the best investment I've ever made. I want one of those. Just because like, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, don't we all? I'm, I'm jealous. I want one. <laughs> I made a little video for M&R if you want to, I can oh, share it. It's a just Dropbox. If I, I'll share it with you. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't would... share it with Dylan because he's, he's not, I don't know. Lots of reasons, long story, okay. but if you want to watch it. Okay. Yeah, um, I do. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I think, yeah. I, do I have your email? If not, uh, um, uh, I'll Brand at com. Just like Uh-oh, so. Now the world knows it. See? Yeah. If you could give us your phone <laughs> yeah. number so we can put the... <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a phone number. It won't be mine. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm jealous. I want one of those. I, I want a full bag and tag set up pretty bad too, but I, I can't. I, I, that one's so expensive to to do right a lot of your shirts do you ship out then you bag and tag everything no but we have a couple of our biggest clients we're we're bagging and tagging quite a bit of shirts just manually um, right now we are yeah taking, so manually yeah not that's no. like i think like within the next year those are our two new purchases is uh was it a k19 or something like that it's something like, like that bagger. yeah yeah that and the ecotex are like yeah. our two next purchases yeah, I'm I'm basically right there too. Um, I think I'll probably do the Ecotex first, um, just because yeah, I think I can. I, I can probably make that one make more sense financially in the beginning. Anyway, uh, I think I just I think, need to make a little bit more space before I can get the folder bagger. Yeah, in fact, I 
that that thing takes up a bunch of space. Isn't it like thirty? It's long. It's thirty something feet long. I think that whole setup. That's like the Once Ecotex, get, though. Yeah, the Ecotex is. Yeah, I think the Ecotex is twenty four, twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was just measuring for it the other day, and I got a wall that is not long enough, but it it would be so perfect if it could be there. And I'm not now. I'm like son of a bitch. Like yeah, I'm, I had to do <laughs> I had to do measurements because we have like an exit door, and then basically our gauntlet three is right on the other side of that door. Mm-hmm. So the distance from that door to the wall, like couldn't go any fucking further, is 25 feet. So like it's literally going to go and ju- like fit It'll right fit in that perfect. Space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right the three there, yeah. chamber, right? That's the three chamber. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I was saying. I was originally going to get the two chamber. And then I started looking. I was like, well, if I do this and then back and forth with Andy about it and then back and forth with M&R about it, I decided to hold off because I was originally just going to, I had the money ready to go, going to buy a two chamber. And then after talking to everybody, I was like, I'm going to be stupid not to go with a three. Yeah. So I ended up doing, like I said, found all the measurements, everything. So now I just like have that money sitting and I'm going to save up, save my pennies a little bit more and get the three chamber. That Ecotex has got to be a huge quality of life too. Like that. Oh yeah. Like, that's yeah. That's going to be a big one. That's another thing is like some people th- say, well, how, how many screens do you have to be processing a data to may have that make sense? And um, sort of the same, same answer, you know, quality, yeah. quality of life. Quality of life, yeah. And like I'm running into that now and me and Andy haven't discussed this yet either, but like I have an employee that I've had for a long time who's been basically our screen tech. Like he cleans screens, coats screens, everything has to do with screens. Like he does the whole thing. And for, for me, it's smarter to do that than to have like one guy who cleans screens right. and one guy who does all the other stuff because it breaks the day up. You know what I mean? The guy who cleans screens might clean 10 screens in the morning and then coach screens and then comes out and does like another, like a dip's worth basically yeah. like a free five, 10 screens, whatever. Right. Um, he actually just ran into some health problems where oh, no. he went to the doctor and the doctor's like, Hey, like, one thing you should really do, like doesn't know anything about his job, doesn't know anything. He's just like, stay away from chemicals, like any uh. kind of chemicals. Um, and uh, he basically told, came to us and was like, I can't do this job anymore because oh, no. I can't like be spraying chemicals or doing anything like that. Um, and I was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm sorry. Like we ended up putting him in another position in the shop. Thankfully we had like another opening that we were looking for, but if I would have had the Ecotex, we wouldn't have had that problem. He could have kept doing it because he's not really touching any chemicals. He's just loading the screen in and it comes out the other side. He's just hitting it with water. Yeah. So that was another thing, like no chemicals in his face or anything like that. I think the Ecotex is so one of the most overlooked spots in a shop, you know, because so many people say, you look at that price tag and you're like, oh shit, you know, like I could just have somebody clean screens, you know, for that. For a while. (laughs) For a while. And then, uh, then you, you know, but, but it's like, Uh, the quality of life and also how good they come, how clean they come out. And, um, and also when you, when you look at it over time, you know, it's actually, it makes sense financially too. You know, especially if you're going to add a second person washing screens, you know, it's, it's, it's a no brainer. Yeah. They're spending a lot of money. It's got two people doing it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, But if you ever want to come up, check it out or Dylan, if you want to fly down, run some screens through, see for yourself. And I have that video I'll share with you. I've yeah. done six months of research at this point to see exactly what I want to do. I got, so. I got a funny story about the Ecotex. I seen it before both of you guys, long <laughs> time before both of you guys. I seen it when it was in the R D R and D room at M and R, and it was just a pet project. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, Rich took us in there one day and it was just like, "Look at this!" And I was, he's like, "I think I can make screen automated cleaning like through this thing." And I was like, 
and it looked rickety as shit like at the time <laughs> i was like ah like i don't get it you know like he's like no it's gonna work out and like then you didn't hear nothing for years and then boom there it was hit the market i was like wow <laughs> they've been working on that one a minute <laughs> well there's a lot to it you know there's yeah, no, yeah. there's is i feel like the most has the most features on it you know that actually calculates like you know, drip and like all these other things. A lot of these other ones, it's just, and there was, you know, plus or minus with both, but that was a lot of the other ones. You just hit a button and it's a conveyor that goes the same speed all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a little bit more science behind no, there's ex- There's a ton of control. You know, you can control right. how much, how long you're, you're in the wash chamber. You know, I wanted to wash this amount of time. You know, you can set recipes. I was like, like anything else, MNR. Yeah. And you can let it drip, like you just said, and then, and then in the reclaim, same thing. You know, you, you know, different mesh counts are going to have different, different, going to spend you know a different amount of time in each chamber. So, you got to clean yeah. that thing out pretty often. I have been doing it. I skipped a month in the wash, and I shouldn't have, but it's the easiest one. So, chamber one is the wash where we put seven one in there, mm-hmm. and I skipped a month last time. And, um, I noticed I had to add, I just ended up adding more chemical cause it eventually some evaporates and some transfers and you take some from this chamber to that chamber. But, um, so I might as well have done it at the same time. And so that's what we're going to do from now on is when we change, I had to do chamber two on Friday. And so I said, okay, I'm just gonna do them all, you know? And so I, I cleaned out, are we drained uh, chamber two, refilled it. And then I did the same thing to one. Are you doing that monthly or are you doing that? And so for us right now, we're doing it monthly. I mean, it depends on how many you're sending through. Right. So we're just not at, we're not at what we were last year right now. If well, we were, sure. then, I mean, we would be, maybe it's sooner or I don't know. You could probably do a month, you know, you're supposed to add some, but I kind of like the idea of not doing that. No, I, I, I like the idea of just draining everything and starting over. Is it a pain so, in the ass to clean? That's um, the only thing it's I don't know about. So I... I should have done a video on that too, because that's a, that's a big question. So yeah, I will I next time, yeah, cool. but I would say if you spend, um, no more than it's probably between 30 and 40 minutes on each chamber. That ain't too bad. Um, yeah. If you want to do a good job, if you're in a hurry, then you can drain it off uh, faster. Right. Uh, but, but I like, we cleaned it out pretty good. That ain't bad. Mm-hmm. That ain't bad at all. Uh, but yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Like we did the same thing with our dip tank. You know, we had a, that's how we did it before. Yeah. And so we'd have the dip tank was a pain in the ass to drain and clean out. There was always like just sludge at the bottom, you know, yeah. you have to deal with. And so it's kind of the same thing. And so how often do you, do you clean your dip tank? It's. Yeah. We, I don't know how often it is now. Cause it's, it's one of those things where just kind of, we wet it. We have the chemical in the building and as soon as it gives out on us, we swap it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what we're at on interval wise. Yeah. We do ours like once a month. Yeah, I'd say it's probably in the neighborhood, yeah. And that's the funny thing, too. That's another one of those where all these other shops are, I can't say shops, because it was always chemical manufacturers, like, this thing should be lasting you like eight months. Mm-hmm. There's no fucking way. No, never. <laughs> and that bugged no. me forever, because so many of these people were like, oh, yeah, this chemical, you know, I know shops that run this thing, they have it for, mm-hmm. I was like, what is it? Some dude in his garage who does, yeah. like, a project a weekend? Like, yeah. There's four no, screens a week. <laughs> there's no fucking way. Plus, I think nah. some of that's our fault because we'll jam as many frames as we can get in there, right? Well, that's and what so we do. We do you, five per dip. Yeah, but then there's always that the couple that you pull out and there's melted too much. And so maybe that too much gets in the chemical. You know what I mean? We just right. do like the same time. It's like whatever mm-hmm. it is, like three minutes or something. Mm-hmm. It's like dip five screens for three minutes, pull them out. And we don't let them sit either. We don't like take one out, wash it where the other ones are sitting. We like pull them up, turn them to the side let them drain or drip or whatever. Oh, that's, smart. And then, that's what we should have done. I didn't think right. of that. 
Yeah, we like let, let them drip. Yeah, just let them <laughs> fucking stew. <laughs> we take them out and let like the excess stuff drip off of it, and then just wash them out, and then dip another five. Like basically, while you're going through and giving them a, like a degrease, have the other dip in there going. So by we the time you're done greasing, you're grabbing put, five more. Pull one out, put one in. Pull one out, put one in. So there's yeah. always um, five in or whatever, like you said. Yeah. But sometimes you know you get distracted and you've got to you know change your music or change whatever it is it takes well, a lot that's of what really kills your chemical it's just like things sitting in there too long yeah. yeah well that was that was part of it then yeah well and this is another thing that's not really related to that but like we did it a couple of years ago now is get a just a water tank like a water dip tank for dipping your screens after exposure post exposure yeah yeah that to me like as soon as we started doing that especially with doing a lot of stuff with halftones because the problem is, is that you can do it the other way where a lot of shops do, where they just, they bring it out. They do like a light pressure water on both sides, let it sit for whatever, 30, 40 seconds or whatever, and then hit it with a pressure washer. The problem is, is with that, you're, anything you had a lot of detail on, you're hitting it with the pressure washer, you might blow yeah. it out or you might blow out half tones you don't want blown we, out. We don't use it. the pressure washer on uh, on our screens when we were. Uh, after exposure yeah. we just use a regular water hose yeah well that's what i'm saying is if you do the dip like yeah. say you just dip it in water and pull it out as soon as you get any water on it it, it like melts right out of the yep. stencil so there's like yeah. no issues with any and we use diazo in all of our screens so all same. of our screens are really hard anyway yep, same. um so we don't really have much issue with like we, we coat burn everything right out there in the light in our warehouse so i mean we got led lights <laughs> everywhere out there so i mean we couldn't do um you know photopolymer would just it burn too fast it would be done like we couldn't do yeah. that well andy your emulsions what one second <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, we've actually, we're, we're playing. Well, you're old emulsion. Right yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's too fast. Yeah. That's so fast. Yeah, so <laughs> and on. There's such thing as too fast. Yeah. That might that's be too sure. fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even, even five seconds. I was like, man, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> yeah. I think ours, ours is like 28 seconds or something. I think we're burning. I think it's in the 20 to 30 range. Yeah. Yeah. So we're about the same. Yeah. So what's next? Yeah. What's next for you guys? Uh, well, Other probably, than you, we heard about all about the employees. Yeah. Like, what what else is next? Like, uh, you know, wants? we have two presses. I just want to get them both spinning all the time, you know? Um, so that's, that's the goal. Um, and then obviously with that, we're going to have to, the ecotext has got to happen. We got to have two printers, um, you know, all that fun stuff we already are doing. So we'll, we'll set up one press and print on the other is the way we do things right now. Um, so, um, you know, can't always do that with our backs though. Yeah. Cause if we got like two 12 color jobs to do, we can't, you know, like it's, you know, can't print both on that other job. So, yeah. you know, you print the front or front of it or something sometimes, but man, our customers just keep more and more colors. It just seems like as many colors as we can put on it, they'll pay for it. And, uh, and that's, yeah, that's funny too, because of a buddy, uh, Tony who owns tiny fish in Rochester. He's only like, you know, an hour and a half from me or whatever. And he has a couple big presses. He has the gauntlet three that we have. And he's like, dude, I don't know what it is. You won't even advertise. Like there's no point in advertising that you have a bigger press. Right. But he's like, as soon as that press gets in your building and gets set up, you will just magically start getting jobs that require more colors. (laughs) And he was, he was so fucking right. Like as soon as we got it, we started getting jobs where it was like, dude, this is a 12 color print. 
And it's like, yeah. this is a 10 color print. This is a nine color print. And it's like, it never stops. <laughs> as soon as we got it in, it was like more and more colors. And then he's like, and then your art department's going to be before where they would have to actually use their minds and think about like, how can I make this six colors or how can I make this eight colors? Now they don't have to. Like, now they don't have to. They're like, fuck it. Three more. <laughs> yeah. They're like spot, 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 spot. This is 12. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, it's cool. Like we like yeah. doing it. Like I saw that twelve color you did. Was it yesterday mm, or the day before? Friday. It was on your new TDG. Was that on? Or is that? Shut on up, dude. I had I had <laughs> fucking five people send me DMs and like, what DTG do you have? Because of <laughs> a fucking comment. Yeah, you cocksucker. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> people say that though because we used to have a DTG and we got rid. Actually, had two DTGs. And then we got rid of both of them, and then now we got this twelve color press or eighteen color press. And we're printing a lot of twelve color work. People are like. That's DTG'd, right? And I'm like, no, man. <laughs> it's kind of a compliment, those. honestly. It is. It's a compliment it because you, they yeah, look see, at that I was print. trying to give you a compliment. Yeah. Right. And you're looking right. that rude. <laughs> they look at that print and they're like, oh, that has to be digital. And yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, it, this one was like very spot color. It was just straight up like 12 spot colors. I wonder yeah. if uh, we digital had a couple squeegee, halftones in there. but I wonder if the digital squeegee would make sense for you, Brant, you know? Um, we've already, it's, you know, I'd say it's in our pipeline. Um that was one of the questions I had for you, but I skipped it because we went yeah. on equipment for like an hour. Uh, you know, I had I had the M and R M link, um, which is its younger, you know, beat up yeah. brother at this point. Um, it's PG uh, for me is a love hate. Um, when it's working right, it was great. You know, um, when it wasn't working right, it wasn't great. Um, it was want to want to smash it. You know, um, now the digital squeegee is going to be less of a problem because it's not printing white ink. You know, mm, um, right. so I think I think overall it should probably be a really good ad for a shop like ours. Um, and both of our presses could actually take a digital squeegee, um, which is good. And we, you know, that was one of the things I said when I bought it, I was like, you know, when I bought my gauntlet three, I was like, we got to be able to put a digital squeegee on this in case we ever go down that road. And they're like, yep, that's what that press is made for. You know, no problem. It's even got a button. You just click, it'll turn it into a digital squeegee whenever you pop in there. Um, I, I think for us, it'll happen. I just don't know when, you know, uh, I think the price is still pretty high. It's I feel like our shops are very similar and yeah. like what you're saying. Cause it's the same thing. When we got that one, we were basically like, I have a feeling that within the next like five years, I'm going to have one. I think you just said the right term. I think, I think four or five years from now, it's going to be very prominent. I feel like it's going to be at the price point of like buying a new press, not yeah. at buying five new presses. Yeah. It's going to come down in price. And, and I think it's going to get a little even more reliable. Right. Um, I don't think speed's that big of a deal. I mean, I, I was watching the digital squeegee in the R and D room. They, they used to send me videos before. Well, it does like 400 an hour or some shit. I, I've seen it do 600 in the, in the R and D room. Now, to be fair, it wasn't the tallest print in the world they were sending me videos of, but I think he told me it was doing North of that at certain times, certain art. Right. Whatever. But even uh, then it's like, that's, yeah, but if you, you can do, think, if you do 400 an hour and you don't got to put 12 screens on the press, you got to put three or you don't have to mix 12 inks or you don't saying. have to, you, you can tweak stuff on press. You can, uh, you can, you can offset a lot of that cost of the slower runtime by just not the setup and no screens to burn and no cost of reclaiming screens. And right. stuff and other, you know? Um, so obviously I'm paying attention to it. Um, right. I, I just think that, the numbers I'm hearing are what it costs are a little out of my range right now as far as well, for me, it's not even, yeah, the cost sucks, but yeah. for me, it's just like, it's like buying that thing when it first comes out and then you yep. get it and then you realize it has all these bugs that they fix two years later. Yep. It's like, so that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting to where it's just like a normal 
thing. Well, I, I like what you're saying because the, the other thing with me on DTG is that I feel like it's such an evolving technology that in five years from now, DTG is going to be like another leap forward, I think. By right. now, I think. Yeah, I think so. So, too. so a digital squeegee in five years from now is going to be like, wow, you know, like a holy shit, you know, like this right. is the ticket, you know, it's maybe just it'll another. Be like, and maybe it'll be a little faster, a little more reliable, and the cost will be down. You know, like I think that's a no-brainer at that point. You know, because yep. uh, I don't want, I don't, I don't enjoy watching all those dirty screens pile up. It's not, uh, it's not fun. You know. Well, that was a thing. Like the the print we did on Friday. Like, yeah, it was a really cool print and it was fun to do. But we had to burn twelve screens. <laughs> we had to mix twelve inks. Well, mm-hmm. we had some on the shelves, but still, like a couple we had to mix. He had to put all the ink in. And the funny thing is, is I talked about this on another thing, but like that order was only 24 shirts. Well, we would not normally do that. Like normally it's like, if it's 12 color print, it's a hundred shirts, but it was a friend of ours. It was a cool print. We were like, fuck it. We want to do it anyway. Flex your Um, muscle a little bit. (laughs) But it wasn't even two spins. Yeah. Cause it was 24 shirts. There's 16 pallets. Were you printing after the flash on a couple? You had, I guess you had to been if you have 14 color. Yeah, so we just took out our second flash, and I think we did it in two spins. Okay. So, but we did a discharge on our base, so we didn't have to double that or do anything weird. We just had discharge on our base, flash, and then we did like wet on wet for like five colors, and then we did flash again on the second spin, and then the other five colors. It was done. Yeah. So it was two spins, 12 colors. Um, it came out awesome. It was a good print. And like I said, for us, it was just more the giddiness of like, this is fun. Like this Flex is your muscles a little bit. You know? Right. But that's what I'm saying is the, the, the thing with the digital squeegee is we wouldn't have had to spend like that first hour or whatever, getting the screens ready, putting inks nope. in. And then when he finished that job, like I say, he, did, he literally hit start, spun it four times and the job was done. That was like, okay, here's another half hour, 45 minutes of taking the ink out of all those screens, taking the screens down, setting them, you know, putting everything away. And it was like, he probably spent two hours just set up and tear down on a 12 color. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's the thing. I mean, sometimes we have it go real snappy because we're doing most of our work is eight color now on a back. Like most of it is, you know, so, um, we're, right, we're, but you're also might be running a couple hundred shirts. Yeah. Which yeah. Makes but, sense. Yeah. Right. It makes more sense than, um, you know, but so we're real good at that. But once we get into 10 and 12 collar setups, those just, we kind of get bogged down by some of those, you know, and then of course, you know, every once in a while you have a job that's fight you and you can't get the registration right, or you can't get something right. The ink right. color or whatever, you know, and you just suck down so much time, you know, where it's like, you know, two hours and we're still not printing. What the hell happened? You know, you know, and I think a lot of that would go away with a digital squeegee. I think well, the you, thing too is like for us with the 12 color, that's nice. Is like they were all registered, you know, mm-hmm. right off CTS. No, we don't even do registration marks anymore. Oh, we on press yeah. snap, 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 snap all the way around. Like I said, the thing that took him the most time was putting ink in and taking ink out. Oh yeah. It's the killer. And it was like, that was the only thing that was like any kind of time consuming with that project. Yeah. Yeah, so Brian, up a bunch of time. you ready for the Inksoft question? Are you doing sure. it or am I doing it? Inksoft you, question. I don't. Do you know it? No. Well, yeah, no. I got if it you right in front of me, yeah, you okay. text it to me. There you go. Go for it. <laughs> go for it. All right. Well, we have an Inksoft sponsored question. Okay. You have the choice of any car in the world, but it's the only car you can ever drive for the rest of your life. Ooh. What car do you choose? Ooh. Or truck. Uh-huh. Um, so you I might be like, well, hey, this uh, one's awesome, but you have to drive it forever. Say a McLaren P1. Be I don't know what that is, but it sounds cool. <laughs> it's really <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> <laughs> a couple million dollar car. 
But does it work in every scenario? Like, can you get groceries no. in it? No, I'd be in bad. Tr- I'd be in bad shape. It's time to get groceries. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to put a hitch on it so you can take a trailer. I'll have to have a friend that follows me somewhere. <laughs> Dylan, what car do you choose? Oh God. Uh, well, my dream car, and this is super like, just like backwards me would probably just be like simpleton would be like an old square s10 okay just because i could do anything in it it's good on gas because it's small and it's a truck with the 4.3 in it though right yeah manual i uh, if i could have that just to do whatever in, i think i'd be i'd be happy those are good trucks andy i want the new bronco like the whatever it is i mean i know there's like a bunch of different versions you don't want the oj version (laughs) (laughs) no no have you seen it it's so cool looking it is cool yeah it is cool i wish it looked more a little bit more like the concept though it it, they deviated a little bit from the original concept they made a concept for like one of the trade shows like i don't know a couple years ago and uh, they deviated a little bit from it. I thought it looked cooler in the concept. They always do look cooler in the concept right. before yeah. they build them. But well, they, they have to they like dumb it down for like mass production. And stuff, yeah, right? It's got to meet safety regulations and a hundred other things. And some bean counters probably got involved and said, we can't do this because it costs too much money or something, you know, but yeah, they're still cool. I like those Broncos. Uh, Brian, who works for me back when we were in the band and I didn't have a van at the time, he uh, he had a Bronco, but it was the Eddie Bauer edition. Mm, yeah. So it's funny because it looked like the store, you know, it's like that green and tan. It was that <laughs> yeah. color and it said Eddie Bauer on it in a couple yeah. spots. High end, high end version. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you an Eddie Bauer Bronco? Yeah. It was really weird. <laughs> you get the Gucci version? I know. Of it? You know like, <laughs> got some was, it, was it Dolce & Gabbana or whatever? Where it's got the <laughs> logos on everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, Brant, thanks for doing this with us, man. This is oh, a no fun problem. No, oh, this was great. Yeah. Well, Keep posting you. those uh, pics on Instagram. It gives me inspiration, man. Those are, those are Hey, I'm not, I'm nobody special. You guys, you guys do awesome work too. So uh. <laughs> what's a, what's all the things for people should check you out on Instagram and what's uh, the handle? Yeah, most? easy. Uh, it's at graphic disorder is my Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, all of it really pretty much is at graphic disorder. Um, and that's well you guys do a lot of youtube videos too of like we're starting processes. to you know i've got i just bought a canon um us r5 which is really really dope for cinema stuff um so we're hoping to do some better videos um the videos we have on there now are just you know a lot of our customers like i made a couple of videos early on like just walking around the presses it's printing and now customers are like hey man I got to see mine. Like, you know, like, so some of them will ask me and I'll, I'll make a video. Like we don't, we've only done one where we actually like talk you through what's actually happening, you know? And, yeah. uh, so, you know, I, I'd like to do more of that, you know, um, I'm kind of sh- camera shy. So this is a little new to me. Um, but this Dude, I fun. was too. <laughs> I was too. Like before I was doing this podcast stuff, I was never on camera. That's why a lot of people thought Chris owned the company because yeah. he was the one who did all our videos. The face. Yeah. Yeah. And then like I started doing this and I mean, people, I, a lot of people knew who I was from like trade shows and stuff, but like yeah. now it's like I'm everywhere. My face is on everything and it's weird. I don't know yeah. if I like it or not. Yeah. I'm still like, this is like the fourth podcast I've done and this is still weird to me. Like I've not <laughs> done one with video though. Well, no, I did. I did one with M&R with video. Um, but yeah, it's just, this is weird to me because I, you know, I'm just, like I said, I'm a redneck from Indiana, man. We didn't, we weren't supposed to have our own business and all that. Well, you're stuff. doing something right, dude. I think so. Um, I'd like to believe that I could do it even better. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're always evolving. Yeah, we all, we all could. 
Yeah, yeah, for All right, sure. man. Yeah, yeah, it was great, guys. Yep. Yeah, we'll see you later, dude. Enjoyed it.